morning. He is risen. Man, that's not going to get you into heaven. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yo, let's try it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Right? That's the way it's supposed to be much better. I want to welcome you this morning to our worship services, and I want to welcome all of you who are watching online, and I'm so thankful that you're here this morning. We're beginning a brand new series, and it's called Hey God. Now, we're going to talk about over the next four weeks some of those questions that Siri just can't understand and can't answer. Things like today, how do you get peace? Anybody use a little peace in your life? Ooh, not too many. Okay, just me and you, Phil. All right, okay. How about this? How do you get strength? Another one, how do I forgive? And the last one is, what's my purpose in life? So over the next four weeks, that's what we're going to begin to, to look in God's word and see how he can help us live in this life. Now, I just want to tell you right now, Siri and I aren't on speaking terms, okay? She drives me nuts. And I say she because I have, she put it in, she's the one who speaks to me, and she does it in a British, uh, British language, I don't know, I just kind of like that language. Anyway, so, but we're not speaking terms right now, and here's why, because she never answers my question. If I'm driving, she always tells me I can't answer that for you right now, okay? But the other thing is this, every time I ask her, Siri, can you spell Henri for me? H-E-N-R-I. And I just think, you know what, either I'm really poor in language and I can't speak right, or I'm just going to forget about Siri. So that's kind of the way we are. But today I want to talk to you about how do you get peace? And I don't know about you, but it's probably the number one thing that everybody in the world wants to get, is they want peace in their lives. Two weeks ago today, there was a young man by the name of Scotty Scheffler. Anybody recognize that name? Okay, he won his first major PGA tournament by winning the Masters Tournament in Augusta, Georgia, okay? He is now the number one ranked golfer in the world. I want you to look at what he said about winning this tournament. Take a look at this. The reason I play golf is I'm trying to glorify God and all that he's done in my life. So for me, my identity isn't in a golf score. I like this guy already, don't you? His wife, Meredith, then made this comment. <clears throat> if you win this golf tournament today, if you lose this golf tournament by 10 shots, if you never win another golf tournament again, I'm still going to love you. You're still going to be the same person. Jesus loves you and nothing changes. To which Scotty replied, Meredith always prays for peace because that's what I want to feel on the golf course, is peace and have fun and just feel his presence. On that day he won, he said these words, today I felt at peace. It was probably about 12 years ago, I can remember exactly where I was, I was sitting on an airplane in San Francisco, actually it was in Santa Clara, and I began to experience some feelings that I had never experienced before. I had a sense of anxiousness, and I almost had a little bit of a sense of a of feeling of panic. 
I had never experienced that before. I'd heard my wife talk about it before, and she assured me it was real, but I have to tell you, I never experienced it before. Well, what happened over the next probably several weeks was is that this feeling began to manifest itself even more and more. And it showed up in my life in two different areas. Number one, when I got on an airplane, and number two, when I find myself in a traffic jam. Now, we were living in Florida, so I experienced both of them quite regularly. It was really weird that as I began to feel these feelings, I realized that whenever I felt like I was losing control, that's when these feelings began to surface. Can anybody relate? So here's what I did. A few weeks later, um, the 49ers were playing Green Bay in Green Bay, and we went to the game. That was when Dan was working for the 49ers, and I went in and I was talking to one of the trainers, and I was asking him, I was saying, you know what? I've had these strange feelings lately. Man, I break out in a sweat, and all these things start happening to me, and I don't like it. And he said, well, I can help you with that. And I go, you're kidding me. He goes, no. He said, in fact, we train our athletes to be able to do this. It's called learning how to train your mind so that we can keep you at an even keel. So he took me in this room and he hooked me up to this machine. I had these things, these wires on my head and on my heart and on my wrist. And then he said, now look at the screen here. See this line that goes like this? That's your heart rate. He said, now see this line that goes like this? That's your breathing. They're not in sync. That's your problem. You see, when your breathing is in sync with your heart rate, then your heart rate controls your mind, and your mind tells the rest of your body there's no reason to panic. So you know what I did? I learned how to temporarily get to a place of peace. Now my question for you this morning is this. What's the difference between me and Scotty Scheffler? Here's the difference, listen very carefully. One is getting peace from the outside in, and the other one is getting peace from the inside out. The question that we want to focus on is this, which peace do you want and why? Stand with me out of respect for God's word. As I read from Isaiah chapter 26, and I'm going to read verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would give me not the peace that the world gives, but the peace that comes from you. And that's the peace that comes from the inside out. May God grant this to us all. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Excuse me. John Ortberg wrote in his book, Soul Keeping, this phrase. The mind craves to be at peace. I'm going to say that again. 
the mind craves to be at peace. So basically, all of us in this room, everyone that lives on the face of this earth, we all have a desire to be at peace. Can you relate to that? We all can, right? We all want to be at peace. Now, I want you to listen to what the Bible tells us, okay? In John 16, look what it says. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So what does this verse tell us? It basically tells us this. In this world, you're going to have trials. In this world, you're going to have tribulations. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have storms. So on one hand, we have this mind of ours that God has given us that craves to be at peace. On the other hand, we live in this world that is filled with storms. And I know that all of us, you can relate to this, is that you're either going into a storm in the middle of the storm or you're coming out of the storm, amen? So my question is this. If my mind craves to be at peace and the world is filled with storms, is it possible then to have peace in the midst of these storms? That's what we want to know, right? Is it possible to be at peace in the midst of these storms. Well, let's do something first, okay? I'm gonna show you a couple pictures. And I want you to tell me which one you think best describes the peace that you're after. Are you ready? Here's the first one. Oh. Is that not beautiful? I can see myself right out in the middle of that water in my boat and doing nothing. The motor's not running, there's no radio on, I'm just drifting. And as I'm drifting, I'm just listening to the water hit up against the boat. Now don't fall asleep anybody, okay? Can anybody relate to that? Man, that's peace. Maybe, you're a, maybe you have a chair on the side and you're just watching and you're just taking in that peace. I don't know what it is, but there's something about water that just sucks the stress out of me. And I don't know if you've even done this, but on my phone, I've got an app that says Calm. Oh, somebody else has it too. And you know what? When I push it, you know what I hear? Water. Oh, I love that feeling. Okay, so that's the first one, okay? Here's the second one. How many of you could see that as peace? I mean, look at the water coming over the rocks and it's crashing every, everywhere. And so here's the question is, is that when you look at this, is this the kind of peace that you think the Bible is talking about and that you want? Or is this the kind of peace that the Bible is talking about that you want? And the answer is, this is what you want. And here's why. Take a look at this picture. In the middle of this storm, in the middle of all of the water crashing around, there is in the cleft of the rock a dove. And a dove represents what? Peace. And in the midst of all of this storm, this dove is at peace. How do we know that? Because that dove is sitting on its nest. Nothing seems to bother the dove, right? Now, I don't know about you, but this is the kind of peace 
that I want. This is what I believe the Bible is talking about, that in the midst of life's storms, we can be like this dove. How many of you want that peace? All right, now, let's look at what a biblical definition of peace is, okay? Here's a biblical definition of peace. Biblical peace is calm and tranquility. I love that word, tranquility. Biblical peace is calm and tranquility of soul in the middle of circumstance, hard circumstances. So basically all the Bible is telling us is this. Peace is that calm that we get in the midst of storms. All right, now, let's take the next step first. Now I want to show you this scripture verse, okay? From John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, in this passage, I want to tell you two very important things that you need to understand. Here's the first one. According to this passage, since Jesus left the earth and until he's coming back, ladies and gentlemen, he promises peace. Did you hear that? Since the time Jesus left and ascended into heaven until the time he comes back on that horse as a judge, he promises us peace. But the other thing that we need to realize about this, what this verse tells us is this. There's two different kinds of peace. So let me just ask you a question. Can someone who is a non-believer, can they be at peace Yes, they can. But let me explain to you the difference. You see, there's the world's peace, and then there's God's peace. And here's the difference between the two. The world's peace is momentary. The world's peace comes in the forms of bottles, pills, and an action. And the world's peace always comes from the outside in. God's peace, on the other hand, the Bible says, is constant. It's a kind of peace that you can't understand because it goes beyond what our comprehension is all about. And God's peace, according to the Scriptures, comes from the inside out. So here's what I want you to remember. Peace always overcomes. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of all of the, the, the things that are going wrong in your life, peace comes in and it just gives you a calm. That's what we're after. So go with me to a story that we all know in the Scriptures, okay? It's one of my favorite ones. Here's what it says. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat, and they set out, and they sailed. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. 
In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, can I just ask you a question? <laughs> who takes a nap in a boat in the middle of the storm? I mean, really? One of the things we see from this is we see the humanity of our God, right? I mean, he's tired, he's exhausted, he's been working, he's been doing ministry, and he's tired. So he takes a rest in the middle of the boat. Now, I want to I pause for a second. I want to I tell you something about this. About eight years ago, there were a group of archaeologists that were doing some searching in the, around the Sea of Galilee, and they found a boat. In fact, you can look it up. It's called the Jesus Boat. The boat is about 27 and a half to 28 feet long, and it's about seven and a half feet wide. And this is the boat that they believe that Jesus and the disciples would have been in because this is the boat that they used to travel most of the time. Now remember, the Sea of Galilee was one of those lakes where when a squall came down, it would just turn that place into a, like a hurricane. And Jesus and his disciples are in this boat, and the Bible tells us that Jesus is what? He is asleep in the boat. Now the question, remember, was this. Who takes a nap in a boat in the middle of the storm? And the only thing I could come up with was two things. Number one, the person who knows the one who controls the storm or the one who controls the storm, right? Doesn't that make sense? I mean, the person that would be at peace to take a nap, I mean, when someone falls asleep, they have to be at peace. Now, here's the thing that I want to remind you of. Peace was in the boat. Do you understand that? Peace was in the boat. So peace was in the boat. In the middle of the storm, peace was available for the disciples to have, but they didn't have it. Why? Because they were afraid, because they were fearful. What did Jesus say to me? He said, where is your faith? If you don't have faith, you can't have peace. And so here's what I want you to remember this. Our peace, our soul gets its peace from God. Now do you know why I said peace was in the boat? Because Jesus was in the boat. The disciples would have gotten their peace from Jesus, and there he is right there in the boat. And you and I, too, get our peace from God, right? But it comes to us through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So my dear friends in Christ, your body's your boat. Peace is in your boat. It's there for you. Now, I want you to think about something. So if peace was right there, why is it then, Pastor Bob, that those disciples did not have peace? And here's the answer to that question. Because the disciples didn't hear what Jesus said. And because the disciples didn't hear what Jesus said, they didn't know what he said. And because they didn't hear what he said, they didn't know what he said, which meant they didn't believe what he said. Well, what in the world did Jesus say? Great question. Take a look. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. 
Did you hear what Jesus said? He said to his disciples, hey guys, we're going to the other side. And my dear friends in Christ, he says the same thing to you and I. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit took up residence in your life, right? And Jesus said to the disciples, we're going to the other side. And he says the same thing to us as followers of Christ. He says this to us, you're going to the other side. Earth isn't your home. Your home is in heaven, it's on the other side. And because you're a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? You're going to the other side. There may be storms in the middle. Life may throw all kinds of things at you, but have peace. Why? Because we're going to the other side, right? That's why we celebrated last week. That's the assurance that we have that we're going to the other side, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Our vests have been paid for, right? We don't have to wear them anymore. We're going to the other side. And yet, we get caught up in the storm. Why is that? Because we have to come under the authority of Christ, who's in the boat. We have to come under the authority of the living God who is within us. And that simply means we have to believe his word. If God said it, you can count on it. You can bank on it. I want you to look at this saying here, okay? Our environment will always display our inner nature. Ouch. Excuse me, I just got my toes stepped on. But isn't that the truth? When life gets hard, the waves seem like they're coming over the boat, when it looks like you're about to be turned over, that environment is going to tell you what's on the inside. What does God want us to look like? Well, we get a great example every day when we wake up, right? When we wake up, we look at the world that we're living in, and it is chaotic, right? What does God expect us to do? He just simply wants us to be reminded, we're in this world, but we don't, this is not our home. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And yeah, there's all kinds of things going around that are chaotic, but I have peace. Why? Because I'm going to the other side. David. David was a man after God's heart, the Bible tells us. One of the favorite stories that you probably learned when you were in Sunday school was David and Goliath, right? Remember what happened there? David has told by his father to go and check on his brothers who are at war. They're battling the Philistines. And what the Philistines did is every day they sent this big old, tall, ugly, nine-foot-something giant, and he scared the living daylights out of the Israelites. The Bible tells us they were filled with fear. So here comes David. What had David been doing? He'd been living out by the sheep, night in and night out, making sure the bears, the lions, and all of the wild animals are completely away from the sheep. He's protecting the sheep, and now he comes into this battle scene. Do you remember what David said when he heard Goliath speak to the ranks of the army of Israel, remember what he said? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
Remember that? What was he saying there? He was being reminded of what God had told him. David in the flesh had the sign of the covenant. It was circumcision. And because David had the sign of the covenant on him, he believed it. And he knew that God said, if you will obey my commandments, I will be your God. And I will bless you. I will grow crops. I will do things for you that you didn't even deserve. But I'm going to protect you. And David believed it. And so what did David do? David said, I'm not wearing anybody else's armor. I know my God. I'm going out there. And what did he do? He slew that uncircumcised Philistine. You see, that's the power of the word of God in an individual's life. But here's what I want you to remember. The bigger the role that God plays in your life, the more at peace you will always be. (laughs) I just need to say that again, okay? The bigger the role that God plays in your life, the more at peace you will be. So what's the evidence of that? Prayer. How much do you pray? And what do you pray for? How many times during the day do you have a conversation with your God? You see, what you pray for, that's what you have brought under the submission of Jesus. You realize that? Whatever you pray for, you are bringing under the submission of Jesus. So that means I'm going to pray for my marriage. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my grandkids. I'm going to pray for my church. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to go on, 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 because I want everything under the submission of Jesus Christ. Now, why is that important? Here's why. Because Satan has a goal, and his goal is to steal your peace and keep you from peace. Now, why would Satan want to do that? Here's why. Because you have to be at peace to live a healthy life. Would you agree? I mean, talk to somebody who has no peace. I mean, they have shakes, they have all kinds of twitches, they have all kinds of things. It affects our body, doesn't it? When we are not at peace, man, we go, we go crazy. I know what it feels like. Satan wants us to keep us from relying on God. So here's what I want you to remember. Our peace comes from God. Our soul gets its peace from God. The goal of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives is to release the DNA of God into our lives. So how do we get that peace? Here we go. The Bible says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Take a look at this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here's how you get that peace. You have to agree with and trust his promises. You have to believe in God's word. You have to know God's word. Now, you can't tell me that you, 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 you can't take the time to memorize. Yesterday, I was up in Lawrence. I was working with the grandkids, and Lori's babysitting for them. And so uh, Peyton has memory work. Genesis 1, 1 through 5. 
He's nine years old. He told me, he said, Bob, Bob, I don't need to practice this. Well, we're going to practice it because that's what they told us to do. Okay? He knew it. So you know what I'm telling him? Peyton, do you know how you take that word and you start applying it to your life? Here's how it starts, Peyton. There's a God. And he's been here since the very beginning. And God created all things. That's why he told me this story. His, he goes to a Christian school there, and they went to, um, they went to a, a, a science museum. And while they were there, there was this lady who was talking about all um, the dinosaurs and things like that. And boys at that age, they love dinosaurs, okay? When she was done, this is what she said. And we all know that all of this, including you and me, come from stardust. Now, I'm telling you, you laugh at that. But that's what she told these kids. You know what Peyton did? <laughs> Ma'am, no, we don't come from stardust. God created us. You see, that's the power. And that's what God expects us to do in this world. And as we do it, we will have peace. Look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Do you trust God? Or are you more worried about living your life so that you don't ever have to step out in faith? Do you trust God? Do you trust God with your life? Do you trust God with your family? Do you trust God with your marriage? Do you trust God with all the problems that you're going through? Do you trust God with your finances? Do you trust God? Here's the second thing. We have to be faithful in prayer. And I just want to share this with you. I heard this from someone the other day, probably Pastor John. And this is what they said. You know what prayer is? Prayer just simply transfers the burden from you to the Lord. <laughs> I love that. Did you say that? Well, I just gave you credit for it, so okay? <laughs> but that's what prayer does. It transfers the burden from myself to the Lord. And when I transfer the burden to, the, to my Lord, you know what? I can now give thanks. Take a look at this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now remember what it says here then. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, when I have given my burden over to the Lord, now I can thank him. Thank him for what? For the answer. Because he already has it. Do you realize that? He's been around since the beginning of time. Before the beginning of time, he's going to be around for a lot longer. And he already has the answer. All I have to do is wait for the answer now. So I thank him for the answer that I'm going to get. And here's what people ask all the time. How do you know? How do you know when you've gotten the answer? And here's the answer. Peace. <laughs> it's peace. I can't tell you how many times when Lori and I are making a decision 
Or we'll be in a situation and we'll say, eh, I just don't have peace about that. See, that's what I'm looking for because peace is in here. And it comes from God and God will reveal it to me. I just got to believe and trust his word and I got to spend my time in prayer. Why? Because prayer demonstrates that I am in submission to him. So here's what I want to close with. One of my favorite TV shows, don't laugh at me, it's on the History Channel, number 269. It's called Swamp People. <laughs> shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's all about these guys down in Louisiana. What they do is they catch alligators. I was fascinated with alligators because I've never been around them until we moved to Florida. Man, that's what Lori and I did. We went sightseeing to look for alligators. When you're in the Midwest, it's one thing, but when you're walking down the street and it says, beware of alligators and snakes, that'll get your attention, okay? But here's what I want you to understand about alligators. When the hurricanes come, you know what they do? They dive deep. They go deeper. And I think that's what God is telling us. When the hurricanes, when the storms of life come, go deep. Go deep with me in my word. Go deep with me and spend time with me in prayer. And if you do it, I'll give you the peace that goes beyond all understanding that guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Would you please stand? So as we close this, <clears throat> I want to tell you about a brand new ministry that we're starting today. I get asked all the time, Pastor Bob, why don't you do a, an altar call every week? And there's a lot of reasons to that, but one of them, it's hard for people to come forward in front of a lot of people. And so we've started a new ministry at the starting point, and the starting point is now directly when you go out these doors, it's just off to the left there. There's four tables there, and right now they're manned by some individuals. If you felt the Holy Spirit pricking at your heart today, maybe you want to rededicate your life, maybe it is that you want to make this Jesus the Lord of your life so that you can enjoy the peace that we've talked about today, I want you to go out there because there's somebody there waiting for you. They're going to talk to you. They're just going to ask you a few questions. They're going to pray with you. They're going to give you some information, and then they're going to send you on their way, and then we will follow up. And so if Jesus has been pulling at your heart today, I want to encourage you, just go out to the starting point right out here. There's someone there waiting for you, that's been placed by God for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because, Lord, it's true, we can live in constant peace. But that peace has to come from you. I'm praying, Lord, today that each of us will have heard what you have said to us. It's all about being in the word, but believing the word. It's also about in prayer that we spend time talking with you, telling you the things that are on our heart, and in so doing, we are submitting and we are coming under your authority. And Father, I'm gonna thank you ahead of time for the answers to the questions that so many people are asking in this room because you already have the answer. Now we're just waiting for you to reveal it to us. And so, Father, today, may the peace that goes beyond all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his joy, and his strength. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.